Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of the Snowcast with your host own and uh, co-host DJ Walsh again we're in Phil Grimes pub in John Street in Waterford how are you getting on? Uh, DJ we've had a fucking savage night so far oh listen we're on what, pint about nine I'd say or we're probably on pint like, it depends on what you count as a pint, right? So we, we start off today, we, we went down and uh, we have a couple of bits lined up with uh, Yellow Belly Beer and their new bar at Grady's Yard in Watford. Can't fucking wait to get this out. Went down, met them, had a look around their bar, had a couple of sneaky pints and um, they have some absolute treats on tap down there. Like, I can't fucking wait to describe each and every one of them. So we had a couple of pints. Literally, we got so leery having a few tasters. We had to go for a bag of chips before we came down here to Phil Grimes. We got to Phil Grimes, right? And we went and sat at the bar to order a drink and have a chat with Tom. And we've literally spent an hour and a half having great conversations with Tom and the regulars here in Phil Grimes. Eventually we were like, right, we need to fucking just order a drink and go off down to the snug and do this snowcast because if we don't, we'll never get fucking done. Great night so far. Look, lads, episode five, we're fucking leery and we've got a treat fee. So uh, I think tonight we're um, we're actually just going to take a few of um, our listener questions in. Uh, like, fair play to you, lads. Like, like, we thought this was only a bit of a mess, but like, there's actually been fucking absolutely great interaction with everyone um, we thought we'd get 5 or 10 minutes of content but we probably have a whole episode now and that's all we're going to focus on isn't it yeah people have been like fucking uh, tweeting in uh, sending us messages on Facebook uh, texting us personally and stuff and Instagram uh, and Instagram yeah, yeah. Uh, sending us like loads of loads of content for us uh, and yeah Jesus lads it's been great we're, we're actually just uh, so elated with the whole thing it's absolutely amazing uh, but um, as always we're going to start off our episode with uh, the key thing of the Snowcast as to what we're drinking uh, DJ I'll start off with you what are you drinking? 
so what I'm drinking tonight on is uh, Infill Grimes here. I'm having a IPA. Love the IPAs, and I'm having an IPA from the Dungarvan Brewing Company, and it's the Greenway IPA. I think it's 4.5 or 4.6 percent. It is full bodied, as full bodied as they come. You take a sip of this, and it just envelops your taste buds, sings on the palate, and goes down a fucking treat. Really enjoying it. Now, I'm probably eight or nine drinks in by the time I get to it, but it's absolutely hitting the spot. Um, Dungarvan Brewing Company, Dungarvan, about 40 kilometres south of Waterford. Uh, they have a vast array of drinks named after various locations around Waterford and this Greenway IPA is an ode to the um, the Greenway which is a cycle track built on an old train track from Waterford to Dungarvan and it's fucking hitting the spot Owen, right back at you what are you drinking tonight? Oh, so, uh, yeah again I'm hilarious fuck like uh, <laughs> So I'm on a, a Blacks of Kinsale. Uh, I'm on the Black IPA. It's fucking tasty. So basically, uh, I asked uh, Tom here in, in Phil Grimes, um, was there a drink that wasn't like too hoppy? Because like I like full-bodied beers, but like I'm not that much a fan of uh, beers that are full of fucking hops. Like literally, yeah, you know, just. I don't know, just tastes a bit maybe a metallic or something. I'm not a big fan of them. So I asked, I asked Tom, uh, could he recommend one? Um, and he said this one to me. He said, you know, it's it is full flavored, but it's uh, I think it's maybe like a 5.5 percent beer. Like so, it's on the stronger side of a lager, let's say. But yeah. oh God, it's, yeah, it's good. It like it has actually. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna take a little sipperoni now, just to just to make sure I get the full tasting experience for you lads. Yeah, so it has like it like it does have that hoppy taste of it, right? But like not blow the head off you hoppy, right? And it also yeah, tastes way right. Um, As you know, I love a fucking smell of a beer, and it smells alright. Um, right. Yeah. There's a good kick to malt at the end. I was of that. just about to yeah. say it, right? It has that malty taste as well. Um, yeah, delish. That's, that's really nice. Yeah. Delish. Again, like another beer, I'd recommend for like one or two, but I wouldn't. I like. I, I don't think I'd recommend it for the night. I think. Like. I think. The, do you know what this is? This is the quintessential. The Black's IPA is the quintessential, right? Imagine myself and Owen have been out since two o'clock. Or I mean, I'll say this evening, we've been out since half six. And we've been having a few beers, and you're joining us at ten, and you want to catch up. And we're on a Citra Pale Ale from Yellow Belly, or we're on a White Gypsy Pale Ale, and uh, we're tipping away in a couple of points. Have a crack off a few blacks, and you won't be long catching up with us. It's fucking savage. Uh. So uh, I think, yeah, th- like that kind of wraps up our, our our drinks there for tonight. Like, look, we're going to have a few episodes as well that we're, uh, we'll crack into like in more detail, like drinks we're having and stuff. But um, like 
I, I, I think like we're experimenting a bit with this podcast and we're you know like lads text us what you like what you don't like you know we're we, do, we want to find out what you like what the the story is with this podcast like we, you know we, we, want, we want to grow with the listeners yeah like if you look slag us off if you want we don't give a shite like yeah <laughs> but uh yeah just 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 tell us what like what what works what doesn't work or whatever um but yeah look we're just going to leave it at the two points that we're drinking tonight for this podcast and we'll have probably a few more experimental podcasts in the future like you know that that will discuss uh, tasters or like five or six points throughout the night or whatever like you know but tonight we're just gonna we're gonna go for that so um i think we'll go to the listeners questions now all right so uh the listeners today they might notice a little change in the podcast today uh dj you've you seem to have a sexier voice. Is this a... There's a little kind of, like, sniffly, <laughs> nasally oh. sexy voice, is there? I have a bit of a sinus infection. <laughs> the pipes were taking care of it, but on Saturday night, I was fine. But coming on the night now, I'm... Uh, the old sniffles are taking over. I but love it, though. Go on, here, man. Like speaking a- of sniffles, Simon <laughs> Whelan's been on. <laughs> Simon is a sound lad we play five-side football with, and he works in a hospital as well. Simon knows I'm a, a Minnesota Vikings fan for the NFL. Uh, watch the NFL, try and see as much as I can every weekend. And he has sent me in a message saying, how did the Buffalo Bills manage to beat the Minnesota Vikings last night? Now, I gave him a slap back on uh, Facebook there with our gif of a Minnesota Viking giving him the finger. But uh, I think the Minnesota, Viking, or the Minnesota Vikings were beaten by the Buffalo Bills last night simply because uh, they didn't show up their mind frame was in the right place Vikings had the best defence in the NFL last year I probably showed up and thought Bills are shite we'll roll them over sport has, is a great fucking leveller lads if your mind isn't right you get beaten oh and you didn't see any of the NFL last night uh, no I like I, I keep in touch with it like I yeah. I tend to come in towards the playoff season and stuff like especially uh, I'm a Patriots fan like pre-Patriots big success yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like the rest of you. yeah whatever <laughs> okay so uh, like my brother Alan yeah so uh, basically my like my my Patriots fandom came from a trip um, to Boston was it to Boston in 98 and uh, which is fair enough which was fair enough like pre-Tom Brady pre-Tom Brady and uh, literally that was my first trip to America and like I was kind of like it was one of my parents friends that we went over to and like they kind of showered me with like a few of the Patriots kind of gear and like it's it's funny because say my father when I was young the only time that my father spent away from the family apart from say like when when we were in Cork and he went to Kilkenny to the farm and stuff was uh, he went to Texas for a while just when it was myself and Ian so before Alan was born so before my brother Alan was born I would say I was obviously six or younger so I don't really have a vivid memory of it but dad went to do a bit of training in Texas for a while and he came back with a lot of Dallas Cowboys merchandise for me I fucking knew what American football was if that was 10 years later I'd probably be a big Dallas Cowboys fan but for some reason I'm here with the Minnesota Vikings it's funny how your family influences these things and like um, 
Like, your mum gave birth to Alan like nine months after. <laughs> <laughs> the milkman was around the house there, wasn't he? Look, <laughs> Alan, Alan used to have, we used to have this ongoing joke in the family. I hope mum and dad don't mind me saying the story, but when dad got a new job working as an engineer for Pfizer, he, he for the first time ever, started working night shifts for 12 hours. And mum trained Alan to wind that up by saying, Uncle Tommy was over last night when you were on night's dad. <laughs> And dad used to go cracked. Look, that's a bit of fucking. That's, that, that explains why I am the way I am. That's the fucking family I grew up in. But look, Simon, great fucking question. Yeah, good question, man. Uh, I, to be honest, how the Bills managed to beat the Vikings last night, don't know purely mental. Yeah, I think that's the big sport. question is how the fucking Bears got their first victory ever, was it? Like in fucking, the Browns. The Browns, sorry, the Browns. First sorry, victory for nearly 700 days. Oh, man, look, that's fucking... They were close last week. They've been getting close. They're, they're, they're going better as a franchise. But look, not, not all of you listen to the NFL, so we'll finish up the NFL chat there, but uh, the NFL is shaping up well for the year. For, the Patriots have lost a couple of games. The Packers have tied a game, won a game. Yeah, that. Diff- different year, like it seems. So the Staples aren't just fucking rolling everyone over and Andrew Luck's back with the Colts. It'll be a good year for NFL, for any of those you that are fans here Connor Mudge has been on Connor an England underage international bowling has been on to ask do you want a game of bowling now Connor you're a lot better at bowling than I am I'll wager mm-hmm. so no I don't want a game of bowling with you but look uh, you never know I own a, are there fucking bowling alleys in Watford Connor Mudge I'll take you on right <laughs> uh, what's the next question there DJ so Brian Ferry's uh, has been on Brian's a, a good mate of mine from Carolina uh, fair play to the lad He's, he stayed safe during that hurricane that was about in the last couple of weeks and uh, Brian has asked an absolute fucking gem of a question possibly my favourite question I've ever been asked what is your favourite thing about living in Ireland now it's not what's your favourite thing about being Irish and I think like if we had Simon on from last week Simon's a Londoner with Welsh and Scottish heritage who's living in Ireland now and says he'll never move back it would be a great question for Simon and we might actually ask him uh, when he's on in the future but Owen like what's your favourite thing about living in Ireland um so I think I have to go to maybe what like other foreigners say to me first, right? Right. About living in Ireland is like basically I I know it's I know it's um uh I don't know, what's the word, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, it's like something that like everyone says about Ireland, right? Yeah. Um, a stereotype, right? Basically, a stereotype about Ireland is that it's the like the hospitality, the you know the the people here. It's you know it's all about the people, right? And I'd have to agree with you know the majority. It's the crack. It literally is the crack, as in like we have the same social problems. We have well, like not uh, I don't want to fucking tarnish every country with the same brush, but like yeah. as in like I suppose like. Uh, like in a percentage wise we probably have like the same unemployment rate as another country we probably have the same like housing prices as another country we probably have the same poverty as another country right um, but like I think the Irish mentality and like the Irish uh, adaptability to just like get on with things and uh, just I don't know like it's, it's quite an upbeat country, yeah. like in some aspects, that you're just like, 
and I know like it, it, this can also be like the downfall of Ireland of the Asher Asher it'll all be grand yeah. be and grand, end up right? in a fucking housing crisis right but I, I think like your point is very well made in terms of we ha- we do have that, that blase attitude and we just get on with things but I went to the cinema last week with Neve, my girlfriend shout out to Neve, and we went to see we actually uh went up and there was a long queue and the lads were under pressure the movies were starting at half eight so I said can I have two tickets of Black Klansman please something we've both been mad to see and we're giving the two tickets and our popcorn and stuff so I was fucking fumbling around with the popcorn had the tickets to me his pub but didn't really see what they were just handed them to the lad and he said screen one on first on the right went in and it was an, a film that I wanted to see personally but Neil wasn't keen to see and it was Black 47 which is the story of you know, I won't give you any spoilers it's basically the story of a lad coming home having fought for the English army during famine times it's like a revenge home. famine isn't it like? but he's basically he hasn't seen the famine and he's come home to the famine and it's 1845 yeah and I suppose the point I'm trying to make is uh We've come through that. Like we, co- we've literally come through having no food as a fucking population and being fine, and having a bit of humour. Like there's a lot of dark humour in it, but we've no food, we've no prosperity, we've no prospects. Yet we're still able to take the piss out of ourselves, mm. and that carries through to today. And I suppose my point on that is, you're saying living in Ireland, like you know, we we're so hospitable and you could say anything to us and we get on with it and, and we just fucking accept things as they are and drive on and drive forward it's worked against us yet if we hadn't the same attitude 170 years ago we would have ceased to exist and it's just that fucking pride in just being Irish we're so fucking stubborn that we refuse to fucking we refuse to be beaten yeah. with a smile on our face yeah see that like I know I, that, like that's it as well as in uh, like as in we pick it, we pick ourselves up at the right times as well as in as in the whole rising like yeah. everything along those lines as in we're, we, we're not we're not we were better in the rising yeah if we were independent six years later so being beaten in the rising despite being the biggest mobilisation in 120 years it didn't defeat us do you know what I mean and like that's probably another thing that I find Sorry, what's, what's, what's the question again? Uh, what's the best thing about being Irish? Yeah, no, about living in Ireland, not being Irish. Living in Ireland. Yeah, okay. Sorry. So, it's a big distinction because yeah, there is sorry. a big distinction. Yeah, sorry. sorry. I, think it was, I think I was actually going to uh, answer the being Irish question there, uh, uh, which is a different answer altogether, which I think I was going to say, um, like, being Irish... Um, and having like that pride in being Irish and like fighting back, right? Um, I think one. Sorry, I know this is completely a different question that I'm. I, I don't. I don't, answer, I don't right? think Brian's mind. He's no, so loud. But I think one of the most proud things I'm uh, proud about being Irish, right, is uh, that fight back and the decolonization of Ireland, right, that kicked off. I believe kicked off the decolonization of the world. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I don't, I don't doubt it. I like, I like, I, some people might think that's absolutely ludicrous, but I actually think that it did decolonize the world. Like a lot of people, and uh, like a lot of, uh, a lot of leaders have led from like like Mahatma Gandhi, 
uh, a lot of like the Vietnamese Cambodian leaders have said that like the Irish uprising did that they have mimicked the the like th- like that that means of like you know, like unsettling the government at the time like you know but, but even the means of military action like guerrilla warfare that was used by uh, Michael Collins and Ogley Nahirin in the the I suppose the 19 uh, I suppose the 1912 to 1916 uh, it was fairly revolutionary at the time and right uh, a war method that had a completely different aim and outcome but was equally as successful was the blitzkrieg by Nazi Germany I'm not fucking equating Irish freedom fighters to Nazi Germany for a second please don't get that crossword however it just goes to show like you know and Michael Collins and his Ogignahiran with a couple of rifles going up against a full constabulary code um, upset the odds just by in, out, fucking shock him, hit him and move on. You do have that, that fighting aspect of Irishness. Um, what's my favourite thing about living in Ireland? Um, this week, living in Ireland has been a pain in the hole because we wake up in the morning come out and it's fucking you sent me a snapchat this morning at 7 o'clock leaving Dublin from Kira, your girlfriend's house coming down to work in Waterford and it was fucking 1 degree and by the time we went on lunch at 1 o'clock today over to Arkeen stores the Arkeen quality food stores we always look for a sponsor <laughs> um, by the time we left for Arkeen at lunch it was fucking 16 degrees you know there's that fluctuation in temperature this time of year but my favourite thing about living in Ireland is the scenery. Like, no matter what time of the year it is, you can drive to any bit of the coast, any mountain. You're within a fucking driving distance of anything, and you can see the most beautiful scenery in the world. Um, obviously, like I had a hybrid of a, a towny rural upbringing, and you go out to the countryside, and Ireland is renowned for the forty shades of green. Look. Ireland still has places where you can't get mobile phone coverage or cell phone coverage if you're in the state. And our farm in Tullaher, our family farm in Tullaher, is one of those places where you don't get cell phone coverage and the only noise you can hear are the birds singing in the trees. Uh, you, like, I get up in the morning, nine o'clock in the morning, all I can hear is birds singing in the trees, a couple of cows bawling for a bale of hay and a tractor across the valley going somewhere. Mm. There's no phone, there's no fucking television and it's just that human interaction with nature and that's what Ireland has that a lot of countries have probably lost to some degree now I know but like I think like like that's fucking romantic enough for you right yeah but if you were living that if you were living in that day and out like I remember I one of one of my mates from school like uh, we used to go out to his house uh, and he was living out in Kilmeaden kind of like Port Law Kilmeaden uh, area right and when you went out to his house, right, if you wanted to text, so say when I was like 16 or whatever, if you wanted to text your parents that like to come and collect you, right, you had to go to the third step on his flight of stairs, text them, and then just put down but in we, the right hand corner of the but we stairs. But right? we can't even do that, right? I need, no, to, I need to leave the farmhouse, go to the end of the yard, and walk up the lane. And then I ring Neve and say, Yeah, I'm here now, I'm after six cans of Guinness, and we'll check on the cow that's calved at two o'clock. And it fucking works a treat. Um, Bryant, great fucking question. Uh, yeah, Absolutely love it. Thanks, man.
Oh, and a quickie for you. Matt McMullen has been on again. Matt, how are you getting on? Looking forward to you coming to Waterford and uh, having a visit from us from Washington, D.C. Matt's a Belfast native. Matt's been on and he asked someone, Marmalade, yes or no? And I want to preface this with Gary Illiston has fucking replied back to him on the Facebook straight away and said, Matt McMullen, no, sir. Mark Owen Tab, Marmalade, yes or no? Matt, yes. Yes? Yes, that's. In, in what of. scenario, though? End of. You love marmalade. End of, like, it's. Right. Like. Like, right, okay. Uh, like, I wouldn't, buy, I wouldn't buy marmalade, right? You wouldn't buy it, yeah? Uh, if I was in a hotel and yeah. there was marmalade there, I wouldn't take it, right? Right. Well, like, marmalade is savage. Like, I'm, like. I'm not, I'm not, like, I'm not saying that, like, it's the best thing in the world, right? Yeah. But in a yes or no question, scenario, right, marmalade has its place, like, in the world. I, marmalade, I'm going to give marmalade a bit of context. Yeah, go on. So, the first time I ever tasted marmalade was in my parents' house, and my mother had a bit of bread and a bit of marmalade, and she fucking loved the, bit, loved the bread and the toaster, made a bit of toast, threw a bit of marmalade on I wasn't too gone in it. And then, last episode, I was asked what my favourite meal was. Well, uh, basically, I asked myself what my favourite meal was, because I was hosting an episode. And uh, I said my grandmother's roast chicken, whatever. So my grandmother, Anna Walsh, Anastasia Walsh, what a fucking woman. So she makes homemade brown bread. She makes a loaf of this stuff every single day. Has made a loaf of this stuff every day of her life since I say she was a teenager. To this day... What kind of brown bread is this now? So it's a. Uh, how do I describe me, Grandma? Like, it's, like, it's, 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 it's like. Does it, when it cuts, does it keep its shape? Or? Oh, it does, yeah, 100%. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not one of those crumbly It's like, not you know? a soda bread. Yeah. Okay. It's not a crumbly bread. It's unique to her in terms of like. It's a it's a filling bread, right? Yeah. I'll bring you a few slices next time we're there. I'll bring, I'll bring you half a loaf. Do you throw any nuts into it? Or no, no, no. It, it's just her recipe. Sure, yeah. That's handed down to her from generation to generation. She picked this up off her mother. Is it grainy or is it like? It's um, it's 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 mealy. Mealy, okay. Yeah, uh, you lash a bit of butter on it. I like basically what I what I normally do with it. I normally when I call to my grandparents' house, I'm there at lunchtime, so I'll have a a couple of slices of her bread. I'll have an open sandwich with a bit of cheese, ham, and tomato on it, and that's the way I eat it. She might give me a half a loaf coming home and I'll just fucking eat slices of the bastard with butter. But, basically, the question about, the question is marmalade. Yeah. And when I was a teenager, now when you're a teenager, you're an awkward bastard when it comes to fucking food, right? And everything else, like. Everything else, yeah, but specifically with food. And marmalade is a kind of cunt in York that you won't be too keen on as a teenager. And my grandmother, when I, I'd go up and I'd come up to the farm as a teenager, I'd come up to my grandparents' house um, as a teenager and she'd have loaves of brown bread baked every day and I, in the morning we'd get up and she'd cut five, four or five six slices for you because she believed young lads need feeding and she'd leave butter and marmalade there so for a year or two I ignored the fucking marmalade had the butter and me cup of tea bowl of porridge and one day I decided I'd have a down scoop of this marmalade lashed it on the fucking lashed it on the bread <laughs> Owen's just blessed himself there because we've gone to 19 minutes and 16 seconds in this section. Every day, go to the Hanum Dealish. 
and we, I lashed some marmalade on my grandmother's marmalade and it became a staple in my diet for years. Now, I don't see my grandmother every day, unfortunately now, I only get to see her every couple of weeks. But if I had my grandmother's marmalade every day, I'd be fucking lashing the marmalade on it. So, Matt, for me, marmalade, absolutely fucking yes. yes yeah. Caveat, on my grandmother's marmalade. Uh, that was a great, I thought, actually, that question was a lot better than I thought it was when yeah. I read it. Uh, so the next question we have here is from Ollie Sharp uh, or 98 Ollie there on Instagram uh, and he asks Liverpool's Premier League chances now he doesn't put a question mark behind it but I assume it is it's a question complaint. what are your chances so DJ big big Liverpool fan I'm a big Liverpool fan I make the trip several times a year have some close friends in Liverpool um, some friends who regularly contribute to this podcast in terms of question form how are you Gary how are you Matt <laughs> and uh, basically what are Liverpool's Premier League chances I think it's the best chance we have of winning the league in the 28 years I've been alive I was born a month after we last won the Premier League title maybe someone should shoot me look 6 for 6 so far 7 for 7 if you count the Champions League the defence is strong the midfield is underestimated but very strong um, like what other midfield in world football has spent 40 million on a whole midfielder that has barely got a minute yet in the season and the team is 100% record I think the front three are as good as anyone in Europe Salah's not hit the fucking ground running but he's getting the right places and as Klopp said in his previous uh, press conference defensively he's been good I think Firmino he's got five in his last six he started the season slow but he tends to fucking need a couple of games a run of games to get going and uh, man has got four goals in, in six Premier League games and is playing a bit deeper and he's still getting four goals in six league, league games so as far as I'm concerned if Man City don't win I don't know, 25 of the next 26, 27 games in the league. I think it's hard to stop Liverpool. I think next weekend, which will be... Uh, the, the result of the Chelsea match in the league will be uh, known after this podcast comes out. We're recording it before Liverpool play Chelsea in the League Cup or the league. Chelsea are the nearest rivals in the league at the moment with 16 points. If Liverpool can beat Chelsea at Stamford Bridge next weekend... I think all of a sudden they're five points clear of Chelsea, at least two points clear of City, um, and they're eight points clear of United at least. And all of a sudden, it's a bit like City last year, where City go beat a team with a 97-minute scuff shot from Raheem Sterling, and teams all of a sudden decide, we can't beat City, we'll just set up shop, lose 2-0, and go on to our next game. Chance of a league title, as good as they've ever been. I'm not going to be one of these Liverpool fans that says this our year. I think it's as close to our year as there's ever been but that City team is one of the best teams we've ever seen in English football it'll be tough they've dropped points and we haven't so far but I think you're talking about a toss of a coin machine well it's probably since Ronaldo left Real Madrid the two best teams in Europe yeah I have to agree uh, and obviously as a United fan I don't want to agree yeah uh, but uh, if if Liverpool don't win a major title this year, so uh, Champions League, uh, Champions League, Premier League, or FA Cup this year, I think you can even discount the FA Cup at this stage. Like the big four, 
United, Liverpool, Chelsea, City. They're looking for Champions League or Premiership. Like the FA Cup is a consolation prize to those at this stage. The FA Cup is what Arsenal win. And Arsenal are, long, are no longer a conversation in the, the title chase. So, uh, so what I was going to say was, right, yeah. if, if Liverpool don't win the Champions League, Premier League, or the FA Cup this year, I will ride naked on a horse. Live on Instagram for all of our listeners. Share this so that that fucker. No, listen. I don't want them to ride naked down the key on a horse. I want Liverpool to win the fucking league, Champions League, and the FA Cup. But if they don't, I want this prick naked on a horse down the keys of Waterford. I'll put it live on Instagram. Life answer for society is. We'll do a fucking fundraiser for the whole lot. Look, that's all a laugh and a joke. I, I genuinely think. No, I honestly. Liverpool and City are two best teams in Europe. Two best teams in Europe. Barcelona are quite good with Dembele performing at the moment but he hasn't consistently two best teams in Europe and the only difference will be if Liverpool can be as consistent this year as City were last year City's consistency last year was different level on a one-off game Liverpool beat him 3 out of 4 and when they beat Liverpool 5-0 Mane got sent off early on for a high foot incidentally right I think he should have been sent off but has anybody been sent off for a high foot since? I don't think so. I've seen lads kick the whole hip lads in the face since and haven't been sent off. Yeah. So I think um, City only beat us when we were down to 10 men and Saleh missed three golden chances in that game and he wasn't playing, he wasn't as clinical then as he was in the second half of last season. Similar to this season, he's not been as clinical at the start than he, than he was at the end of last season. I think he'll get going and, and get on that goal scoring form again. And I just think the way they're playing at the moment they're not even getting out of second gear and they're beating West Ham 4-0 and they're beating Southampton 3-0 and they're not even fucking they're not, they're not even getting out of second gear so if they can keep this level up it'll be their games against top six will decide if they win the league or not and on Champions League I don't think any team's going to beat them over two legs because in a ten minute period they can score four goals that's how I hope it plays out oh and you're a United fan I'm sure you don't want that to happen I don't think United are going to challenge for league this year, no. even despite the fact they came second last year. They're already eight points behind Liverpool, which means they're already six points behind City. And there's only six games gone. Yeah. We're only a fucking we're not even a sixth of the way through the season. We're a sixth ish away through the season and they already have dropped eight points. City only dropped fourteen points in the whole of last season. Got a hundred points. They've already dropped more than fifty percent of what City dropped last year. And City dropped two points in their opening home game last year. I, like City are exactly in the same place they were last year as they were this year mm. Liverpool are 7 points better off United are I think United are 6 points worse off so I think Chelsea have huge gaps at the back they just haven't played a team that will capitalise if West Ham had Arnautovic on the field at the weekend I think they probably would have won 2-0 I don't think Chelsea will keep it up I think Chelsea will be very good next season under Sarri I don't think they'll keep it up this season and I think it's Liverpool and City and it's going to be a case of can City reach 100 points and if they don't reach 100 points can Liverpool get to 96-97 yeah like so uh, basically what you're saying there with Sarri and Chelsea uh, I think it's the same deal with United right yeah. that you're saying okay they won't reach the peaks of uh, Liverpool or City this year right yeah but you're probably giving them the chance to reach peaks next year, right? I agree, yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, so, with uh, Mourinho at United the first year, I obviously wasn't 
uh, giving them the peaks to reach uh, that year. Yeah. Second year, uh, you know, like second second year Mourinho, it was you know a thing. But like you know, as in he can have his off years, right? And that being said, they came up against the best league performers the team has ever given. So you have to just accept that and say. Like, you know you got 86 fucking points last yeah, year. Yeah, exactly, exactly, right. What more do you want a man to do? Yeah, exactly. Uh, but, like, this year, like, I just... I, I just can't watch United. <laughs> They're so boring, like, as in... Like, I, I don't even know the players, like... Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, like... like the, put like, Martial on his debut and he scored that goal against Liverpool. Compare that to Martial when you've seen him recently. I it's know. A, it, it's night and day. It's like I'm playing like Pro Evo Four, right? <laughs> and like you know, like, like as in like I have to like, I have to enter the names of the players myself on the team, like you know, like I just like I actually just don't know the United team, like, like every like he's just like you know changing the back four every week, like and you know like. I don't know, like, I, I, I like, like, you know, whatever about, like, changing your attackers every week, you know, or, like, you know, like, changing, like, your forwards and your wingers every week, right, fair enough, right, but, like, you need, you need that central mid, right, yeah. and you need that back four to be your, consistent, Your spine right? has to be solid, yeah. Yeah, it has to be solid, like, week in, week out, right, so, like, like, that's all I want, right, as in, like, so say, like, the likes of, like, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, right, Tr- like throughout super sub super sub right throughout the like United mm. fucking 97 to 2004 or whatever period right like he was super sub and fucking so well known about that right like at the, like at the same in, in the same period right like you know Nicky Buff right was you know well ish known right but was fucking lobbed out of of the group by Scholes and Keane being in midfield yeah. you know as in and like what, less but, well known do you know what I mean like but that being said when when Keane and Scholes played 10 games in fucking 30 days they'd lob Nicky Butt in against Wimbledon and he'd do the fucking job, job and, they'd, yeah, and yeah. they'd win 2-1 3 points on the board and you know he'd win the league whereas Liverpool were fucking in Einvin Lee and Erdson. yeah that's true yeah. do you know what I mean Nicky, Nicky Butt went on to be like the best player at Birmingham and captain them and, when they were a premiership team like it's about that squad, and I think that well, like all these question is Liverpool's Premier League chances. Liverpool's Premier League chances are this: they've they've played six league games, they've played used twelve players from the start. Mm. That being said, their bench has been stronger than it's been in years. Fucking Henderson and Kite have been rotating in the league. Jordan Henderson gets a lot of stick online, but he's actually a fucking brilliant footballer. I mm. like I hate the stick that he gets online, like. Oh, he only passed the ball backwards and forwards. Google Jordan Henderson forward passes. Go into YouTube and see the fucking balls. He see the assists he gets. Fucking the lad has a passing him. And if you don't agree, fuck off at me on Twitter. I'll fucking run with you. And then you've got Shakiri, best player of Stoke by a mile, and they were shit. And the lad has played for Inter and Bayern, right? I don't care what you say. The lad can put the ball in a fucking top corner from thirty yards. Sometimes we just fucking need that. Uh, also on the bench at the moment uh, Fabinho Monaco's fucking key interlink Julian Laurent's a well known fucking French journalist who said he's the best signer of the summer the lad hasn't played fucking three minutes yet best signer of the summer fucking Naby Keita the king of Red Bull Leipzig propelled them from second division Germany into Champions League the guy 
the guy is going to be a gem he just needs to get used to the system and I just think Liverpool have this system all of a sudden Joe Gomez has come in centre back because Dejan Lovins has been injured he played right back a bit last year and all of a sudden he slots in centre back and he looks like fucking Paolo Maldini alongside Van Dijk and Liverpool two years ago were as good going forward as they are now but they couldn't defend for fuck they had a donkey block headed Belgian chap on goal they were replaced him with fucking ghost hands from Germany now they've got fucking Alisson the, Ger- the Brazilian right he may have fuck up against Leicester, for one, against Leicester for one goal but the guy can ping a 70 yard pass his shot save ratio has been amazing he's made some very good saves I think Liverpool's Champions League or Liverpool's League fucking chances Ollie as good as they've been in years if you get them at a good price put a bit of money on look Man City are still fucking as good as they come but as far as I'm concerned they're not bad and uh, one I think we should uh, start drawing a close to this episode now by having a chat about the fucking evening we've had in Grady's yard and then coming up to Phil Grimes and just I want to say something to Owen and I want, I, I'm very keen on your opinion on this go on we call in to fucking what is now four hours ago we went into Grady's yard had a chat with Kevin the bar manager a couple of bar staff we got this welcoming vibe which we spoke about earlier on the episode had a couple of points and we come up to our local here Phil Grimes and we were all like we'll go in we'll get a point go down to the snook it took us an hour and a half to come down here and record an episode because Tom the fucking barman is so in tune with his regulars and so like we had such good conversation before we even got a chance to get away to have a conversation what I want to ask you on is spoiled for choice we are now we've got two immaculate pubs one side of a bridge for another and I just want to know like your night's developed how's it gone planning going forward we have some ideas for Grady's Yard. Fill the listeners in for what we have ideas from. Fill them in on how good Phil Grimes is and how we'll never desert it. But yeah, at the same time, we're really excited about an ongoing partnership with Grady's Yard. And just let the listeners know what's the fucking come from the Snowcast. Look, do you know what? Like, I'm actually... Like, like when we were starting this off, right? Yeah. <laughs> Bit of a laugh or whatever, right? But like... I've always been so excited about like uh, craft beer and uh, just bars in Waterford as well. Do you know, like even like back in the day when like the Thirsty Scholar was uh, dropping those nights of open mic, like, open yeah. mic nights and things like that, right? Absolutely amazing. Like you know, just like really creative nights in Waterford and like you know, I, like I'm all about like I don't know. I'm all about those uh, like unique experiences in bars like like take like the uh, the market bar in uh, uh, Georgia Street in Dublin right so like huge like I don't know huge like warehouse like bar in in Dublin like absolutely massive like pretty like pretty much like an old market uh, that is just like all stalls knocked everything like in that one place right no music plays right but because of the amphitheatre um, feel of the thing right because because there's no music being played right everyone's conversation hits uh, every wall every roof of that place and reverberates around so you get that like you like the music is electric atmosphere kind of like you know. yeah it like so like but like the music is like everyone's conversation like it's mm. in like we're talking they're talking that's bouncing off the walls and 
it, you know it's it's coming back and it's I don't know it, like it is a music in itself like you know so I love I love that as well but Grady's Bar tonight like look that is like a, a unique piece of magic like as so well this episode one is dropping Monday the 1st of October like fucking talk about starting your autumn into winter off while listening to this episode of Snowcast let me tell you about what we're going to lead you in with right this episode drops on the 1st of October that week we're going to be doing a special interview with Kevin the manager on Grady's Yard and Danny the primary sales rep for Yellowbelly Beer in the South East who by the way has been involved at various roles in various times in fucking Yellowbelly Brewing from brewing the beer fucking cultivating the beer selling the beer pouring the beer he's done it all so we're going to have an interview a special interview with those next week it's going to drop as a special episode after we're also going to record an episode of the Snowcast in Grady's Yard at night which is going to include some of our favourites some of our favourite contributors we're going to try and wrangle a few people together have a fucking belt of an episode out of Grady's Yard the week after then we're going to have a regular Snowcast um, more, than not, more, than, more than likely and that weekend on we're off to a fucking uh, conference that weekend and we're going to have a surprise for listeners we're going to Coventry versus Wickham in League 1 and we're going to fucking uh, chronologically detail going to a match in a lower league football match and what that means for lads having a couple of points after that coming up after that we have a couple of weeks where I'm going to London and you've other bits on and we're going to pull a few bits together and we're going to have absolute fucking belters of episodes that are kind of thrown together from different bits here and there not all recorded in one segment and after that on I'm going to Liverpool I'm going to fucking get a few interviews together and we're going to have a fucking belter of a month in October on the Snowcast listen to me now lads if you're not listening to Snowcast if you are you're obviously listening to Snowcast if you listen to this get your friends on it because over the next two months we have more content lined up than you can divulge we're going to have more special episodes than you can divulge and we're going to be fucking more leery than you can fucking hope for lads if you're not on it get on it like follow listen subscribe this is the snowcast we fucking love what we do and we hope you love what we do we've had an absolutely amazing time tonight like it's been fucking unbelievable guys like follow and subscribe you f- you fucking beautiful bastard sure to be jesus over that yeah like the response we've gotten from this has been out of this world and we're so proud about all of our episodes like they've been absolutely amazing so guys keep us involved keep fucking tweeting us keep fucking messaging us on and commenting on on our uh, Instagram and Facebook posts uh, I've been on tab he's been DJ Walsh and just remember guys before Owen finishes up your engagement makes our fucking day Owen take it home good luck God bless <laughs> Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.